Okay, let's, uh, let's dive in and uh, make a start. Do you know what? Really brilliant to hear the chatter in the room. So good. Oh my goodness. It's just so nice as we begin to hopefully move into a degree of returning to some normality of the way of living uh, together and interacting. It's this face-to-face -face stuff and social interaction we have so missed, and we're having to nearly relearn it, many of us. Uh, but it's just wonderful just to hear that, and it's so nice to see your faces. And it's kind of quite weird because I'm kind of looking down the down what looks like a bit of a plane. It's like you're all sitting in these rows, and then I'm kind of looking at the camera with a red dot, and then sometimes I glance up and see the ones at the. That's it. And nice to see you back there. And hello, hello, hello. So uh, anyway, isn't it nice to be invited? It's great to receive an invitation. Um, about, I don't know, a few weeks ago, uh, Nathan, who was leading worship there uh, this evening, Nathan and his lovely uh, wife-to-be, uh, Kate, who she would have welcomed you this, this evening. She was the one with the trigger, the gun thing on your head. That's really bad to say that, isn't it? <laughs> Especially in Northern Ireland. Um, sorry, that's completely inappropriate. Rewind the tape. Can you edit? Is there like a delay on the edit on this? No. Oh, we're really in trouble. Anyway, she, she checked your temperature. It's never in the notes. And, uh, and, and the two of them, you came around uh, with an invitation to their wedding. And they're getting married sometime next year. And it's just like, oh, yes, that would be great. And not only do I get an invitation for a fantastic day out and a lovely free dinner, but I am invited to marry them as well, which is just such a treat. And just love, it's so nice to receive an invitation. And Jesus invites us into relationship with him. And it's just wonderful. If we but receive that invitation, if we fill in the RSVP and says yes. And our invitation to you and to all of us here is to dream again. What does church look like? What is it that God is inviting us into, into this new season? Uh, life group, uh, my life group met together at the, uh, the allotment in Eden. Just brilliant crack. I look forward to it every Wednesday. I arrive late most weeks, but I've got a good reason. Well, sort of a good reason. Uh, they've done all the hard work, except they didn't do any hard work this week, did they, Hugo Crawford? Zero. Captain Hugo, don't, yeah, we're meant to do work. Yes. Yeah, okay. So anyway, we have a good crack, good chat. And uh, just during that, our, our conversations over the last few weeks, we were just chatting about, you know, we don't want to just return to normal, normal, although we are longing to be able to open this up even wider. We're longing for the time when we can sit a bit closer. We're longing where we don't have to wear the face mask. We're longing to have children in the room again, and we are working really hard with plans which we're going to tell you about over the next few weeks if those plans do uh, come off about what we are planning on doing. But we don't want just to simply go back to normal without asking the question, what does church look like as we dream again? And we have been looking at our values, and our values shape our practices. Our practices is what we do, but our values underpin what we do and why we do what we do. So we've looked at, we've reminded ourselves that we're a people of his presence. We've reminded ourselves the power of community, of worship. We have looked at the kingdom. We've looked at compassion 
And last week we talked about having uh, lots of fun and celebration as the body of Christ together. And I want to pick up on the person of the Holy Spirit, which we took a couple of weeks on, and I want to do a third week teaching about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, that's where we want to go this evening. And I want us just to remind ourselves of the vision. What is the vision? The vision is he invites us into relationship with him that we might go and make disciples, that we might go and make apprentices of others. And again, at our life group on Wednesday evening, I said, I was like, again, this is, this is, Jesus invites us, but he also invites us to gather others and to invest our time and our energy and the things that God has gifted us with for the sake of the world, but we do that through other people. And God, again, is inviting us and reminding us that he wants to use us. He wants to use our talents. He wants to use the things that we're passionate about. He wants to use our past experiences, both good past experiences and often the bad, painful, often terrible experiences. God wants to use those for the sake of other people. He wants to... Take the, the time, the talent, and the treasure that he's bestowed upon us for the sake of others and for the sake of the world. But there's another thing that he gives us that helps us and empowers us to do the Jesus stuff. And they are these things called spiritual gifts. They're a little bit like superpowers. They're a bit like, you know, that extra little bit of oomph that we need to do the Jesus stuff. I was teaching on Friday uh, in school here in Carrick, Fergus, and I never met this lad. He puts his hand up. He goes, sir, DC or Marvel? Now, half of you know what I'm talking about. Half of you I've lost completely. Thankfully, I knew what he was talking about. It was DC movies or Marvel movies. And I'm sorry, I'm looking at Andy Howard. And I told him, Andy, neither. They're both rubbish. But I quite like Iron Man and uh, one or two others. But that, that was about the, the, the height of it. They're like super... The, DC and Marvel are like the superhero people, your Batmans and all those people. And spiritual gifts are like these extra things that the Holy Spirit gifts each one of us who are believers with the special talent or special ability to do certain things. And so our invitation to you this evening is twofold. One is, first of all, what are your main spiritual gifts? And, and we're not going to do a show of hands, but my experience often is this, that most people who've been believers, often maybe for years, don't know, first of all, what all the spiritual gifts are, but secondly, they don't know what your main gift actually is. And God is inviting us to find that out for ourselves and discover that. And by the end of this evening, if you want to, you will be much wiser and much more informed as to what your spiritual gifts are that God has given you. But secondly, the invitation is, is how you're going to use those special gifts, those special powers that God has given us. We're going to do a whistle-stop tour of what they are through the scriptures. And uh, I've even got uh, my uh, visual illustration here. I've got a toolbox 
with some tools in there. They're a bit manky. They do get used, which is a point, because spiritual gifts are like tools, and they all have a different purpose, and they're used for a different function and a different task. I've even got, oh, this is a bit dodgy. Talking about guns now, I've got a Stanley knife next. Um, What else? Do you remember the time we had an axe and we left the axe in the school? Do you remember that? I got a phone call Monday morning. Um, Did you have an axe in church yesterday? It's like, yes, we did. And there was a good reason, but we don't have time to go in for that. Stay on the notes. Stay on the notes. Stay on the notes. Shush. Shush. There are four main passages in the New Testament, and you can read it for yourselves. It's in 1 Corinthians 12, which we're going to look at, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians 12, starting verse 4, 5, and 6. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So Paul is writing, he's writing to the church in Corinth, and he's saying there's different kinds of gifts, but they all come from the same person, which is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Different kinds of service and working. As we look at these, you're going to see they vary considerably. Paul writing to the church in Rome, different place, different context, different church, but he reaffirms. He says, we have different gifts according to the grace of given to each of us. So it's important that we understand that we are all gifted differently. And that's what I love about the body of Christ. We're going to talk about that in a minute. We look around the room, we all look different, we all come from different backgrounds, different shapes and sizes and different intelligence and different personalities and different, different, different. And there's different gifts and he's gifted us differently. And there's a reason for that. If we're all the same, we'd just simply be robots. But no, he's gifted us differently. But this next point that Peter makes in his letter, 1 Peter, is possibly the most important thing that I'd like to say this evening. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. We'll read it again because it's that good and it's that important. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Jesus' invitation, come follow me. I am making you fishers of men. I am sending you to go make disciples of others. We are not the kind of church who we're just going to simply sit there and listen and go away without doing the stuff. We are all called, we are all equipped to do the Jesus stuff. Ephesians 4, is there are five gifts listed there. You can look at it yourself later. And they're the equipping gifts. They're the gifts that often are instructive for those that lead churches. And our role really is to equip his people for works of service. Our job is to really help one another, help us all discover what God is on us to do, to equip you for works of service, 
so that the body of Christ might be built up and so this world might be transformed, so that the kingdom of God might come here on earth. Back to the 1 Corinthians 12 passage. Now to each one of the, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another, well I don't know why he kept writing to another, why didn't he just write it as a list? Distinguishing between spirits, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, all these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. The Spirit distributes them, they're for the common good, they're used for the sake of others, for the sake of the world, for the sake of building up the church. And He lists here a number of the spiritual gifts. So He lists wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, discernment, tongues, interpretation. These spiritual gifts are often known as the, revel, uh, the um, charismatic gifts, or they're also known as the revelatory gifts or the manifestation gifts. If we look at the table, which is presented there hopefully on the screen for you, uh, I'm not so sure at home, but you can visit this, all of you. Go to spiritual, uh, spiritualgiftstest.com and uh, we'll highlight that later. But you can see from this table, those of you who are here present, that they have kindly kind of just categorized all spiritual gifts into four separate ones. So you've got the serving gifts, which are by function, the role to, within the church to manage, serve, and build up the church. And then you've got the foundation gifts, which are the ones that I spoke about earlier, um, about kind of needed for planted new churches and leading churches and ministry within churches. And then you have the orange and the red, the revelatory and manifestation gifts, and many of the lists that we looked at from 1 Corinthians 12, they highlight some of those. If you look at the three other passages which I highlighted earlier, the Romans 12, the Ephesians 4, the 1 Peter 4, you'll see listed lots of other spiritual gifts, which we can now see in the next table. Can we go to the one that looks like don't break out in a cold sweat. It's not the periodic table. Um, but there you have it, different colors, and they're in the four different groups. Again, you can get all this from a uh, brilliant, brilliant website, uh, spiritualgiftstest.com. And underneath it, some of you might not be able to see that, uh, it lists all of the different gifts. You've got administration, apostleship, and uh, serving, and teaching, and giving, and just a whole host of others that we haven't yet really named. And we don't have time to do that. We don't have the time to unpack them. Uh, but on this, you can go there yourselves later and uh, discover for yourselves. Back to the 1 Corinthians 12 passage, verses 12 onwards. I'm trying to make this as brief as possible. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one Spirit to drink. And so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Again, look around. The body is made up of many 
parts. We look at our own bodies and we see all the different bits that we're made up of. And then we look at the body of Christ and we see how different each one of us is. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. I'm going to skip right the way through to... Uh, on the contrary, those parts of the body, I don't know what verse that is, sorry, whoever's presenting, Ian or Jackie, that seems to be uh, weaker, are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable, uh, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. And we can go on and on. The points really we want to make from this simply is each and every person within the body of Christ matters. Each one of us has a role to play, whether it's a visible, upfront role that you see, whether it's the arms or the legs or whether it's something that's hidden, or something that needs special modesty and needs to be covered up, is behind the scenes, don't really know what's going on, but that part, your role, is equally as important for the sake of the body, and for the sake of the world, and for the sake of what God has called us to in our town here in Carrickfergus. So the invitation is twofold. Discover your gift, and secondly, use your gift. And I want to point you, hopefully, to two websites. One is the one that I've been using, which is Spiritual Gifts Test. Please, by all means, take your phone out now if you want to. Screenshot that if you want to, or just remember it, or just Google it. SpiritualGiftsTest.com or GiftsTest.com. Two brilliant websites, Christian websites. Go there, and uh, after about an hour of answering questions, I'm joking, five, ten minutes of asking multiple questions. It just, it's a bit sort of Myers-Briggs, if you know what that means, or lots of those other kind of tests. But it is a real helpful tool of discovery, of discovering what you think God has gifted you for. The second way of knowing what you've gifted for is often when someone points it out to you and just says, do you know what? I think you've got the gift of encouragement. I think you've got the gift of prophecy. I've just, I've, I've been hanging out with you in life group and you, you just seem to hear the Lord and that's a gift that you want to really um, try and grow and develop in. Or you're just that kind of person that just loves to help. You're just, you, you don't want a position, you don't want a role, you don't want a a badge, but you're just behind the scenes and you just want to just help. And it's like these tools, which I thought I had a good reason for bringing them. Um, but you know, some of us are a hammer, and hammers get things done, don't they? They just, you know, if it don't work, you just hit it with an hammer, you know? And then you've got, I don't know, 
the crowbar. I think I've used that about once in my life. I'm sure there's some characters in here have used that a lot more than me. Hugo. In a former life. Washed in the blood. We've got the torch. Oh, it even works. To shine your light. All these different tools. What is it that God has gifted you with? And how are you using it for the sake of others? And that's the invitation. Um, end with this, and then we'll pray. For this reason, Paul is writing to Timothy here. Timothy was, his, was someone that he discipled. Someone that he spotted that he saw something in Timothy's life and thought, I'm going to invest my life in you because you're going to do great things. And that's the invitation. And Paul takes Timothy aside in a letter later on and he writes these words to him. He says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Paul laid his hands on him and imparted spiritual gifts, that spiritual fatherhood that he had, the gift of communication, the gift of apostleship. And he's just writing to him saying, fan into flame. We were chatting the other day, uh, life group again, and, um, and I was just sort of saying, you know, what's... What's the signs of the times? What's, what's happening? What's, what's been going on? And kind of likened this last year or so to a bit like a fallow season, a bit where like nothing's kind of grown in the ground. We've just kind of let the ground settle. We haven't exhausted it, the nutrients, noise. we've just given it a year off. And it's like a really sense during this past year, God's been doing something in us during that, this time. And it's been painful and it's been, for some of us, frustrating and boring and whatever it's been. But I really sense like in this season as we come out of things, as we grow into the new thing, as God leads us into the next thing, we need to fan into flame what it is that God has entrusted us with. And I mean what he's entrusted you with, what he's spoken over you about. We're a church that gets stuff done and wants to do stuff. We don't want to just do it for the sake of doing it. We want to do it because God is leading us into it. And it takes an army of people. It doesn't take an individual, one or two up front. It requires all of us. Our invitation is, take your place. What's your place? What is God entrusting you? What is he asking of you? And go do that. Let's stand together.